and welcome to Resolve Pod, a DNS podcast brought to you by Melon Mice. You have DNS questions and problems, we have answers and solutions. Last episode's interview with Jocks Houston was a hit, and we have more in store from Bribe78. So make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave a review and share the podcast so others find it as well. This week we are bringing you a special discussion. The Women in Tech panel at RIPE78 was a resounding success. A resounding success again, we should say, as we learned it, it's been growing steadily for years. After the panel, we caught Amanda Gowland, Senior Communications Officer and Change Officer of RIPE NCC and organizer of the panel, and Paula Gold, Melanomyces Head of Brand and Communications, for a quick evaluation of the panel and the challenges conquered and those that still lie ahead. Amanda is leading the RIPE Diversity Task Force and other diversity and organizational culture programs. Paula has founded Women in Tech Iceland and has been active in international women in business and women in tech initiatives for two decades. Paula started by commanding the size of the audience, and Amanda explained how this session came about and what remains to be done. Take a listen. I was really impressed with the attendance. Um, it's always great to get together and talk about women in tech initiatives um, and gender initiatives. Um, and really, I was happy that it stretched over into discussions about people of color um, and other groups that are oftentimes at a disadvantage um, from wage or from discrimination. So to have a room that full and to have such a mixed room, you know, like I've been doing women in tech talks and uh, events for a number of years now. And every year uh, I'm always happy that more and more men are filling the room. It started from one of our executive board members, Salam Yamut. She's, uh, she had an idea that we should do something like this. And funny enough, the first time we did it uh, was in Dubai, which is an interesting location to launch a women in tech bunch, unfortunate reasons with the, with the politics of that country. And so we, we started off in earnest, not knowing really how well it would go. And it, we had it in a room with about 50 people, 50 chairs, and every chair was Full, and we actually had people like crowding at the back who couldn't get a seat. And and the format for the, that first session was that we asked uh, three women to speak about their experiences working in tech. So we had um, one of our ripe fellows from Palestine, uh, a young woman who uh, was very active in her local community, and she was talking. It was her first time public speaking. And so she was talking about what it was like for her as a newcomer into a very technical community in, to sort of navigate through the meetings. Uh, it was a very inspiring presentation. We also had another presentation from a woman who worked for a very technical company, but she was uh, in marketing. And she talked about how difficult it was for her to go back to work after she had a kid. And I can't remember what the third presentation was, but they're all online and archived, luckily. So... Uh, yeah, so it started in earnest. So we, the first meeting we did, it was 50 people. The second meeting, uh, we increased the size of the room to 100 people, and it was also full. And then the last meeting, we changed the format and increased the size of the room again to 100 people. And instead of having uh, Q&As, what we did uh, was similar to this session. We had an expert panel 
none of the people on the panel were actually technical or um, in the community at all. So they were people we brought in from outside who were very well-versed or experienced in diversity and inclusion initiatives within their industries. And we had two topics that we discussed. One was gender quotas, arguments for and against. Very interesting dialogue in the audience. And then the second one was male allies, which is something that I want to continue to sort of have a conversation about in this community. And I think that was the that was the session that kind of took off a bit because everyone was talking about it afterwards. We probably could have been in there for another hour. It got very emotional. Just everyone wanted to talk, and it wasn't just women or men talking. It was a, it was a mix. I was running around like a crazy person, handing the mic to people. And afterwards, I uh, got a lot of feedback from people that were like, we need to talk about this in a bigger room. We need to talk about this in the plenary. This is not something that should just be like a, a little side lunch session. So I was encouraged to do a submit a presentation for a lightning talk um, in, the, in the last uh, plenary session of the meeting. And uh, I, I speak in public a lot. I'm very comfortable doing it. But I was shitting my pants for this because that was my 18th right meeting, and I'd experienced what it's like as a woman being in these meetings 18 times, and to, to um, be standing on the stage in the, the main room uh, to talk about why we needed to talk about diversity when, you know, 90% of the audience are white men uh, was super intimidating, but the presentation actually ended up being the second most downloaded presentation of the meeting and the first most downloaded presentation was from this amazing woman Sarah Dickinson who gave a presentation on uh, DNS so that was super cool and then that's why we decided to change uh, into the big meeting room for this session because we feel like more and more people are starting to realize that there's issues that we need to fix and we need to talk about I think it's really important to have men in the room when you're having a discussion about women in tech or women in general um, because they need to be part of the dialogue um, and part of the solution so it was it was really really great to just see the room fill up as as the lunch uh, was ending so um, I was really really happy with with the um, who was in the room and then also that a couple of men asked questions and a couple of them took notes um, it was great, and I think that it was uh, uplifting to women that are in um, various companies as well that were in attendance. When we first started talking about diversity uh, in in the right meetings, we got we did get a lot of pushback in the beginning. We don't need to talk about this. This isn't an issue. Our, of course, our meetings are inclusive, and a lot of this feedback came from people that have been to these meetings for many many years. So, the challenges we face, one of the factors is that change is hard. People don't like to change because they, that means they have to change themselves. Yeah, we're definitely seeing progress, but we al we're also seeing regression. So whenever a movement has some success and it upsets the power structure of another group, um, then you're going to see strong pushback against progress. Um, so we are maybe in a position now where we have uh, the ability to amplify some of the problems, um, as well as really highlight some of the solutions and bring more stakeholders in. Um, but I do think that we have to be vigilant. One of the people who stood up and asked a question, she specifically was talking about vigilance and persistence. And I think it's important more now than ever.
as you're seeing, you know, not only within companies, but just across the globe. Often women, when they have a negative experience, I'm speaking as a woman now at a right meeting, when women have negative experiences, they often curb their own behavior as the, 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 the victim rather than the person that's uh, inflicting the behavior. So uh, one of the conversations I was just having now was that what we saw was a feedback from a lot of women who uh, stopped going to socials or who dressed differently or who decided not to drink. And that's something that we need to change. And one of the ways that this changes is by making it um, A, okay and safe for women to report these issues because if we never talk about them and never report them, we can never make other people aware that these things are happening. And definitely talking to some of the men in the community, when I tell them the stories, like sometimes my own personal stories, they're absolutely horrified that this stuff goes on. And it does go on. And they don't want it to happen, and they want to help, but they just don't see it because they're never, they're never gonna be the ones. In most cases, yes, some men get harassed at socials, but most men don't experience what women experience. Another example was a, a young student who was one of our RACI attendees, so that's sort of like a, a fellowship program that we do for uh, academia and researchers. So we fund them to come and present their work to the community. And very early on uh, in the program, they were sitting on the stage and they were talking, and one of uh, our very sort of well-known vocal community members got up to the microphone and basically called her an idiot in front of the entire room because she clearly she didn't know anything about how the RIPE database works. This kind of behavior should not be tolerated for many reasons. One, he humiliated her in front of 400 people. Two, any other person <laughs> in that room who is new or not super confident speaking is never gonna go to the microphone. And so these are the things that need to be talked about so that we can make the meetings a safer and more inclusive space. If you look at, again, I said on the panel, you know, Icelandic public publicly listed companies, there's not one woman CEO. And that's been true for years and years and years. And everyone keeps talking about it. And I don't know if we're just waiting for these people to retire. I don't know what what the issue is, but you know, a lot of these executives have, our companies have switched executives, and yet they're still all men. I take issue with that. Um, I think it's a public representation issue. I think that there's plenty of women who are qualified to be in those roles, um, and I would like to see that change. It is changing because, and I see that change because the people in this room are, the number of people in this room increases year after year. The number of, um, the traction that we get on Twitter is increasing. We have um, uh, our peers in the tech community are now pointing to right meetings as an best practice example. I think it's also worth noting that Iceland is progressive. So, um, you know, like, I think one of the biggest parts of the early PR campaigns around us being kind of a gender utopia or, you know, like an equality utopia, um, there was an issue with that kind of approach. Um, it silenced a lot of the people in Iceland who were experiencing discrimination for any number of reasons um, or who were uh, being subjected to bullying or to um, harassment. Um, so I think that I think that that, that has matured quite a bit um, in the last eight years that I've been here where you're starting to say like, yeah, we are leading, we are making decisions in Parliament that are you know could have a leadership impact across the globe. 
and in businesses here, but I also think that we've kind of dialed back, you know, like just because you're number one in gender equality in the world does not mean that you're equal. Um, it just means that you're making a better effort or you're having more success than other nations. And I think it's really, really important to keep at acknowledging that the uh, that there are still issues. One of the things that, that men can do is actually really simple things is to like talk to their female colleagues about what their experience is like, listen, don't interrupt them in meetings, don't take credit for their work in meetings, explicitly recognize the great work that women are doing. Yeah, it's like these really small things, but those are things that really, really matter, especially in an in a industry like tech, which is so male-dominated. For example, childcare. Childcare is a super, super easy way at a tech conference to make it easier for parents to come to make it easier for women to come so they don't have to stay home and take care of their kids. They bring their kid, they can enjoy the conference. We have childcare now today and it's fully booked. Last uh, meeting, we only had three kids, but uh, it was the program was still uh, really new, so there wasn't a lot of awareness. But I was speaking to one of the couples that were there and <laughs> the woman and the, it was a, a, a couple, and they were like, we never would have come to this meeting if there wasn't childcare. So this is super amazing. And uh, yeah, so it, it is changing slowly. And in the beginning, when we talked about childcare, we got a, pe a lot of people like, oh, I don't want a bunch of kids running around here. It's gonna be like a zoo. It's not, it's lovely. Having kids at a conference like this, like it just makes it really lightens the atmosphere and makes it more fun. Yeah. It's win-win. Also understanding that as you move towards, you know, more diversity, there's going to be pain points for that. You know, it's there, there's a power structure pain point. So people who presumed certain power or authority um, might not have that power and authority anymore. And that can be very difficult for people. But then also, like, you're bound to make some mistakes along the way. And uh, it's just going to have, you know, there's just going to be bumps in the road. But I think that, like, if you're really, truly committed to increasing the diversity both in your company and in your, you know, broader business community, you just have to take those steps and you have to be willing to listen and you have to understand that like sometimes your initiative might be well intended but tone deaf to the actual group that you're actually supposed to be supporting so you have to kind of take those lessons um, but you just have to keep going for the ripe community we have the ripe diversity task force so we have a mailing list and that's where we discuss a lot of the issues and actually we in the last month um, we've we've had a lot of new people joining the conversation and that's super important because men are the majority in this community and so in order for us to make it a more diverse community we need men the majority to be a part of it and to understand that making this a more diverse and inclusive community makes us stronger as a group and it's not about a, it's not a threat it's it's a strength I mean, there's plenty of information on the internet at just about every business industry uh, vertical and every market segment has initiatives in those segments. I think that there is initiatives in the public sector. I think that the private sector dictates a lot of change. It has more room and more flexibility to be innovative and to be just forward thinking in general. Um, but I actually don't think one has more success than the other unless they're all actually working together. So if the private sector is doing most of the lifting and it stops at the public sector, then um, the efforts were for naught, right? So I, I think that it takes all groups to be actually moving in the right direction.
Diversity is an important issue, not just in technology, but all over. As Amanda pointed it out, diversity is a strength and an asset. And as Paula observed, progress often comes with pushback. How's diversity at your company? What do you think should be and can be done? What are your experiences? Let us know. Our email is resolve.pod at manandmice.com. In the next episode, we go back to our bread and butter and bring you an interview about the new version of Bind. Until then, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on, leave a review and share the podcast. Let us know what ails you in DNS. Use our email, resolve.pod.manandmice.com or our social channels. Hope you enjoyed our show and we will talk to you next time. Resolve.pod is a Men and Mice production. Men and Mice's software solutions boost business efficiency and growth by helping you manage and monitor your network spaces wherever they hosted, across platforms and on-premises, in the cloud or in hybrid or multi-cloud environments. To find out more, check out menandmice.com. <laughs>